Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. Well, it was a sad day yesterday. Christine McVie, Fleetwood Mac, they were performing live at Warner Brothers Studios. That was a live performance in May of 1997. And uh, we lost Christine McVie yesterday after a short illness. They're not saying specifically what happened uh, as far as her illness was concerned. But uh, she had said in an interview in 2019 that her health was not great because uh, they were talking about going back on the road. And she was talking about how hard, you know, touring was. And uh, it was just, it was sad. And it was sad for people of, of all ages. My daughter was just, she loves Fleetwood Mac. And she was really sad. They're so good. They're so good. And it, it's it's a sad day. And she was like the secret weapon of, of Fleetwood Mac. From her writing talents, yeah. she was kind of not, she wasn't as as bold and loud and sparkly as the rest of them were, um, but she kind of kept that group together for a long time, and what an amazing writer she was. Just absolutely incredible, and she will be missed uh, so very much. Here is your thought of the day for this Thursday. Attention is the rarest and perhaps purest form of generosity. Let's remember that as we head into the holiday season. It's time for our Mind Jam Trivia. Text us at 434-248-0704. We always uh, like to wake you up with a little, you know, warm your brain up a little bit. Uh, This holiday event that we're talking about draws in, on average, 750,000 tourists to witness it. We want to know what holiday event are we talking about? 434-248-0704. This event draws in on average 750,000 tourists to witness it. What are we talking about? On this day in history, in 1953, Hugh Hefner publishes the first edition of Playboy magazine. It features Marilyn Monroe as the magazine's first centerfold. Setting the bar there pretty high there, Hugh. Uh, 1964, Martin Luther King speaks to J. Edgar Hoover about his slander campaign. So back in the 60s, we could actually sit down and talk to people when we had issues. Imagine that. It helps to be, you know, one of the greatest humans of all time and who always preached (laughs) peace and love. Peace and love. Yeah, and 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 talk to each other. That's right. Yeah, that does help. In 1978, U.S. President Jimmy Carter more than doubles the size of the national park system. That may be the only success he had while he was president. So we'll take it. Uh, In 1982, Tootsie, directed by Sidney Pollack, starring Dustin Hoffman and Jessica Lange, uh, it premieres. And, well, we had never seen anything like that before. The daughter of Dwayne. And Alma Kimberly? No, I'm not. I'm Edward Kimberly, the reckless brother of my sister Anthea. <laughs> Holy Christ! <laughs> it's a phobia! Edward Kimberly, who has finally vindicated his sister's good name. I'm Edward Kimberly. 
Nazi. Oh, he was far ahead of his time. Yes, he was. In 1992, on this day in history, Amy Fisher is sentenced to uh, 5 to 15 years for shooting Mary Jo Buttafuoco. The 90s were a strange, strange time, my friends. We had Amy Fisher. We had Nancy Kerrigan. We had Lorena Bobbitt. Very weird. It was a very weird decade. No doubt about it. Um, we have quite a few birthdays today. If it's your birthday, happy birthday to you. You share it with some pretty famous people, including Bette Midler. She is turning 77 years old. Here she is in For the Boys. turns 77 today. Also having a birthday today is Treat Williams. He is turning 71 years old. And Sarah Silverman turns 52. I will confess, I'm not a fan of her comedy, by and large. But she has been funny in some other things. She was in Monk. She was also in School of Rock. He is a lazy freeloader and it's time for all this dysfunction to stop. We have jobs. We contribute to society. I serve a society by rocking. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, also having a birthday today is Woody Allen. He is turning 87 years old today. And singer Diane Lennon of the Lennon Sisters. She is turning 83 years old. They wouldn't let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. There you go. Uh, the Lennon Sisters with a little holiday music for you this morning. Also having a birthday today is actress Charlene Tilton. I can't believe she's turning 64 years old today. Who? <laughs> exactly. Uh, she was in Dallas. You've uh, never seen Dallas. I know. You're too young. But well, I know Dallas. I'm not dumb. Who killed JR? Ever, but did you ever watch it? Or do you just know the bumper sticker? No, I wouldn't. I would she never was... watch a show about a city that produces a awful football team. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, she was in Dallas, and she, yeah. What's the matter? You having trouble with Mitch? I don't want to talk about it. Yes, you do. Uh-uh. I'm tired of people giving me advice. Well, then stop asking for it. I don't. Yes, you do. You ask people what they think, and then you get all upset when they don't think the way you want them to. They just don't understand. Uh they just don't understand. Basically, her job was to put on little skimpy bikinis, hang out by the pool. Mine too. And <laughs> and that's what she did. And she made a pretty good living with it, I must say. Our Mind Jam trivia today is about a holiday event that draws in, on average, 750,000 tourists. You gave me a layup today. I know this. Well, you all, yeah. Mm -hmm. What? I didn't know. The, I don't know the answer. Oh, you don't? I didn't. Oh, you probably heard it. No. Earlier. Okay. No, I'm really good at editing those where I can figure out without listening. Because I do want to answer it on air because I figured, like, I, I'm, I can get them. If I keep at 80% on getting these, well, I feel like well, I'm, just I'm successful. just until they have a, um, yeah. We've got the guessing of uh, tree lighting at the White House or the Capitol building. That's a good guess. Um, yeah. So that's what they're guessing right now. And and look, that we have a lot of uh, events around the country 
that pull in a lot of people. So we'll have uh, we'll have the answer coming up in just a little bit. I looked up the date of this just to be sure my hunch was right. Yeah. So you feel pretty confident. Yeah. About it, your guess. It happened recently. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. All right. I, I hear you. Uh, coming up in uh, just a little bit, we're going to be talking about uh, something special that's going on in the Lynchburg area where a local organization is providing free rooms during the holidays for people who either need to be uh, have outpatient things done or maybe you're you're here visiting a patient for the holidays. We're going to be talking about that in a little bit. Also, uh, later on the show, we're going to be uh, talking about the China lockdown. It seems like a lot of people are defending that right now, especially in the media, thinking that the, the things that are going on in China are not wrong, that it's perfectly okay. And um, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Also, in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be uh, talking with a local author who has uh, a wonderful children's book that you might want to consider picking up for Christmas this year. You could even get an autographed copy from him. He has a series of books about Saturday the dog, and he's just an interesting fella all the way around. So we'll have uh, Dutch Henry in uh, in just a little bit. Also going to be talking about the war in uh, Ukraine and Russia. We're going to have the latest on that with one of our CBS affiliates. So uh, all that's going to be coming up here in just a little bit. So we just appreciate you joining us this morning on the Morning Jam. I'm Janet Rose. Good morning. on the right foot and listen to the morning jam 6 to 9 a.m on the virginia talk radio network you make the toast we'll bring the jam on the virginia talk radio network that's a big one there are songs to be sung bells to be rung there's your there's your hint yep did you know it? I did. Yeah, look at you. You did know it. Uh, it's the lighting of the tree at Rockefeller Plaza, the holiday event that draws in on average 750,000 tourists in order to witness it. And uh, yeah, it brings about that into New York. I've seen the lights of New York City at Christmas, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I was thinking of like popular holiday things. So first thought, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. But yeah, that was guessed. That, but that would have been something that would you'd probably we would have done the week of Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Then I was like, all right, it has to be a tree lighting. <laughs> and what's the most popular tree lighting in the world? Probably the one at Rockefeller Plaza. So probably if it brought if it brings in that many people. Of course, that was lit yesterday. Uh, today is National Peppermint Bark Day, which is the only form in which I can partake of white chocolate. No, Dale, um, I, I, it is a chocolate. I still say it's not chocolate. So there you go. Uh, well, we're pleased to have uh, in the studio with us today uh, a special guest from, she's the sales manager, Kathy Pierce, with La Quinta. Uh, and good morning. Good morning. Thank we're, you for having me. We're glad you're here with us today. Uh, now, you all are doing something special for the holiday season, and we're going to talk about that in in just a second. Uh, right now, let's talk a little bit about, tell us exactly where La Quinta is. 
We are on at 3320 Candler's Mountain Road in Lynchburg, directly across Candler's Mountain Road from River Ridge Mall. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So that'll give people uh, an idea of uh, exactly which one you are. Absolutely. Now, the hotel industry uh, has been going through some, some rough things since the pandemic, huh? It's been tough. It's been really tough, and we are coming back into our own finally. Right. Um, events are happening again people are traveling again Mm -hmm. and it's wonderful to have that and the lynchburg community has been very special to us and we wanted to do something to give back well and you're doing just that tell us a little bit about um exactly what you're doing why you're doing it and and how this idea came about well, La Quinta Inn and Suites is donating 10 room nights to Centra Health in the event that patients or families of the patients may need overnight accommodations. And the rooms are available from December 21st through December 27th. We came up with this idea. It's something that our management company has implemented in the past with hotels. And as you said, the pandemic put so many mm-hmm. stoppers and dampers on things. So we're moving forward with that this year with Centra Health and excited to partner with another great organization in Lynchburg, Virginia. I think that's great. Who who came up with this idea? How did you even think about this need well um our management company has 15 hotels throughout the state and also going into um, west virginia and north carolina Mm -hmm. and they are guest focused our motto is we love guests Mm -hmm. so they came up with this idea for each of us in our communities to reach out to an organization we knew might be able to benefit from this to give back and say thank you. Well, and you say you're leaving this at the discretion of of Centra Health. This is true. Mm-hmm. Their surgical and nursing staff references individuals to the Rosemary and George Dawson Inn, which is their small inn on the Lynchburg General Campus. Mm-hmm. Sue Spencer is the general manager there, and she will communicate the need to the La Quinta Hotel they will let us know who can benefit from this the most and book those reservations with us. Very good. That's a, I think that's a wonderful thing that you all are doing for the community. We Thank appreciate you. you stopping in and, and telling us about uh, this event. And, and is, is there something, if somebody is going to be in town, is there a way for them to reach out to Centra to see if this is available? Or is that something that Centra just I does on their own? I think what they need to do is uh, definitely speak with their staff if they're at the hospital and mm-hmm. let them know they might have a need. Okay. And then that need does get communicated forward. Well, that's uh, wonderful. And thank you so much, uh, Kathy Pierce, LaQuinta Inns and Suites. Uh, you're doing some some good work in the Lynchburg area. Thank you. And thank you for having me this yes, morning. Yes, we appreciate you uh, joining in with us and being a part of the community and uh, we just appreciate what you're doing. Our text number is 434-248-0704. Our toll-free number is 866-916-3776. There is a lot going on in the area. One of the things that people seem to be talking about a lot right now, Trey and I were talking about it off the air, is uh, LU students have started a petition because they want to bring former NFL Deion Sanders, uh, prime time, <laughs> yeah, coach prime. That's right. In is the head coach. So you say that's not going to happen? No, just because of of Dion, coach prime. He's I think it would be a great hire. He's 
He turned around Jackson State, which is an HBCU, which is nowhere near the resources that he would get at Liberty. They're undefeated. They're playing in their, the SWAC championship game. He got the number one recruit in the country to come to Jackson State, which is, if you knew anything, like that's one of the hardest things you can do. Um, so you have to give him credit there. And, you know, he's one of the, he's the greatest cornerback of all time. He's, I mean, uh, everyone knows who primetime is. Uh, Freeze was barely out the door before I'm seeing uh, stuff. So with this stuff, with this stuff, like um, Kimberly McBroom's about to bring it up, like they're going to have a decision probably next week because they need to get it done. December 5th, which is Monday, opens the transfer portal, which means players could leave. Right. And so you need a coach in there to keep recruiting the roster. You have the early signing period, which is in two weeks. So you have to get a coach in pretty quickly. I think it's going to be someone we the likes of like a Tom Herman who used to coach at Texas, coach at Houston, um, someone with you know G five experience. It's I think it's going to be a flashy name, but I don't expect to be Prime. Because, but it's not going to be that flashy. <laughs> no, I, I just don't think it's going to be Coach Prime because he has already admitted that he's an offer from a Power Five school, which is a step up of Liberties in Colorado, which I don't think he'll take because Colorado's. Not really in his warehouse, but he does have connections to USF, South Florida, University of South Florida, and maybe even Cincinnati, which is going to go into the group of five, or well, Power Five. Well, here's the good news. He would be more welcomed at LU than Freeze is yeah, <laughs> being that's, welcomed. But I will say this. Um, Hugh Freeze wins a couple games. He'll be loved. So just it, it all takes time. Well, and I'm sure he knows that. For sure. Uh, There is a warning out. If you are out and about shopping for the holiday season, you want to make sure that you check out your children's clothing purchases. There has been a warning put out to parents and grandparents across the Commonwealth about a recall surrounding a brand of children's clothing. The uh, health district is saying clothing being sold at stores like TJ Maxx, Ross, Burlington, Amazon, and other areas contains levels of lead that are exceeding the federal lead content ban. They say this poses a lead poisoning hazard, and it can be toxic if ingested by young children, and it could cause adverse health issues. The Consumer Product Safety Commission says the recall involves the company Bentex, B-E-N-T-E-X. And the recall involves Bentex children's clothing sets in nine different Disney-themed styles. The textile ink painted on the clothing is the cause of the recall. And so a lot of these are like, um, there's Winnie the Pooh, and you've got uh, Minnie Mouse. Several of them are the Minnie Mouse ones. If just look and see if if you've purchased any of these, and this is a popular gift around Christmas time, is uh, is to give some of the little the the little leggings and the cute little tops. Um, they are definitely seeing some issues in certain batches that were sold from November of 21 through August of 22, which definitely means that's going to be on the shelves now. They say consumers should immediately take the recalled children's clothing sets away from children, contact Bentex for instructions on how to return or dispose of them, and that you will receive a full refund. And I'm going to put up a link on our Facebook page that will tell you exactly what to look for and how to check out your children's clothing. So uh, just be aware of that. I remember when Bailey was a little girl, I had bought her this beautiful princess outfit that she absolutely loved. She wore it all the time. And then they put out a, a recall where it, apparently it would just go up in flames if it got near 
anything. That's fun. Yeah. So I had to I had to send that one back. So she actually got a lot of wear out of it, and I got my money back. So it really wasn't a bad. It's a deal. win-win. It it was a win-win, but it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. So definitely go to our Morning Jam page, and you can look up the specifics on that, and and take care of it there. So. Uh, on the way, we've got, you said Kimberly McBroom this morning? Yes. All right. So we'll have uh, Kimberly sharing some of our headlines for us. And we'll also take a look at uh, your weather forecast. It's a little bit windy this morning. Um, and we're we're getting uh, some chilly temperatures coming in. Definitely going to have to turn on that heat pump, start that fire up, whatever it is that you use to stay warm. Fun. It was cold this morning. Snuggle hoax hokey a little bit he closer yeah he something like, put like you he put you right out of the bed this morning didn't he almost uh, he definitely wanted me out <laughs> so he got me up on time so the big dogs have this little little scoosh thing that they do it's like i'm not really pushing you out i'm just kind of rearranging i just i think i need to start in the middle of the bed and i'll be okay right or on the completely on the other side and yeah just give him a little bit of room the problem is because he'll lay on the 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 covers mm-hmm. it, i can't get the covers over oh so i know mine do that it makes too. it hard and of course my fear is that rogan's gonna lay on a little and then that's never good yeah never good all right we're gonna be talking about russia and the ukraine coming up uh visiting romania secretary of state anthony blinken uh was uh, kind of chastising Russia. We're going to get all the latest as we uh, as we talk to our uh, UN correspondent Pam Falk. That's going to be coming up here shortly on the Morning Jam. Thanks so much for joining us. And currently, we have 33 degrees in Lynchburg, 34 in Bedford, 34 in Roanoke, 32 in Danville, 34 in Amherst, and 30 in Appomattox this morning. Well, we're glad you're joining us here on The Morning Jam. We are welcoming UN correspondent Pam Falk with us on the air uh, as we try to get a handle on the latest going on with Russia and Ukraine. Good morning, Pam. Uh, good morning, Janet. It's uh, it's a tough situation in Ukraine right now. About 40% of Ukraine's energy system um, is down. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and, it, and it's winter and it's freezing. So um, they're, uh, they've got a lot of teams from a lot of countries trying to help reset it, but it's very tough. And, of course, you know there's a nuclear power plant that has been shelled in Zaporizhia, and um, everyone's worried. I mean, that it, it's gone down, it's back up, it went down twice in recent weeks, and uh, they then have to rely on generators to keep it going. And if they don't, then remember Chernobyl. I mean, then you've got right. a meltdown. Right, and which is a so, whole different... Uh, Chernobyl is Ukraine. People don't realize that. Um, and so... Uh, Everyone's working to try to do something. And you heard from the Russian foreign minister this morning um, accusing the West of being uh, involved in the conflict um, and um, saying that the the strikes are on energy facilities 
that are uh, supplying the war. But you see from the pictures, it's just unbelievable how many residential uh, sites, homes, hospitals. There was a um, a maternity ward that was was hit last week, and a two-day-old baby was killed. It's just brutal. Yeah. I mean, literally using winter as a weapon at this point. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's what the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. said here at the U.N., and that's what um, all of the European officials are now saying as well, that this is exactly what Russia is doing. So there's going to be a lot of questions at the center of today's talks, uh, I'm sure. Um, Where do you think the U.S. is going to go at this point? Well, U.S. and and France, I assume that's what you mean. That is, yes. um, (laughs) Yes. uh, President Macron on his his state visit and state dinner tonight, um, he was, you know, it's not his first um, go-around on this um, carousel. He he enjoyed the first state dinner for President Trump as well. U.S. and France have a very close relationship on this. France is very outspoken on trying to get um, Ukraine back up and running and critical of Russia's moves. And um, they're, uh, they're going to try to see if there's any way. I mean, Lavrov didn't put off the, the Russian foreign minister didn't put off the idea of talks, but their idea of talks is give us, uh, give us the territories uh, we took, I mean, that's Russia saying it, in 2014, and we'll get out. So they want Crimea, they want parts of eastern Ukraine, and uh, so the, not not much of that has changed. And in the very beginning, it might have been the basis for talks, but uh, it's just been so brutal that Ukraine doesn't want any part of it. They want Russia out of their territory. Well, when you look at it, I mean, despite what, what Russia is saying, and we know Russia will say whatever Russia needs to say, um, right. whether it's true or not, what they're hitting is almost all civilian infrastructure. Yes. And and that's what um, the Europeans, more than the United States, are, are looking into, uh, but the U.S. on a different front is doing the same thing, looking into war crimes um, th- that hitting an electrical grid um, that services civilians may be a war crime. Now, war crimes investigations, you know, are, mm-hmm. are classically take t- way too long right. for people to try to get any kind of relief. But it does send a message to Russia that they could be in the dock um, as other world leaders have gotten to, um, maybe not Putin, but certainly people within reach of uh, Russia or Europe or anyone else uh, to try to see if they can um, make sure that they're going to be accountable for what's happened, and uh, that has that has a bit of an effect. But what what Ukraine is asking for now is is to defend the sky, and so the U.S. has um, has uh, supported that and has a Raytheon, and the U.S. just signed a contract to supply some of those. Um, that that armament to Ukraine, but uh, it's a new warfare, Janet. It's yeah. you know a lot of it's drones, it's lethal drones, 
um, hitting, you know, and, and then rockets, and the rockets are, uh, I mean, there's they're nice when there are 100 rockets that just hit all of the infrastructure right. and homes. And if you look at these pictures, cities are just destroyed. I know they've been talking about using frozen Russian assets to rebuild the, yes. the country. Um, but how how quickly would they even be able to access that? Oh, that would take a very long time. I mean, the U.S. sort of opposes that because it's sovereign immunity, and um, the U.S. has always taken this position, regardless of how evil um, the ill is, uh, that what they're doing is saying, look, these are assets of a country, you you freeze them. Now, there have been exceptions to that when when U.S. courts order the U.S. government to unfreeze those assets to pay a judgment. And that's happened with Iran, and it's happened with um, uh, with a few other, with Cuba, with a few other um, instances where the a U.S. plaintiff takes it to court and or a U.S. defendant takes it to court and um, then, then looks at what the U.S. can do, and then they can unfreeze it. So none of that's going to happen really soon. Right. But it can happen eventually, and and certainly as long as there's a U.S. court judgment, U.S. will waive this. But it's this is an uh, 18th century agreement on right. sovereign immunity that it, it's why where I work is international territory. I mean, you know, they can't even say don't smoke, but they found a way to get around that. Uh, UN is international territory. Yeah. Oh well, gosh. actually, that was that was an interesting development. But that's an aside. But uh, Mayor Bloomberg said there's no smoking at the UN, and they said we're international. You can't tell us that. And he said, okay, no, no kid tours. You know, third grade. Oh. traditionally goes to the U.N., and that's a big source of income for the U.N., and so the U.N. changed it. So there's no smoking at the U.N. But, oh, um, but the point is, top, on there. yeah, a little side here, but, um, uh, and by the way, later today, Qatar is uh, sponsoring a, an exhibition match on the U.N. lawn for FIFA, um, <laughs> with, the dip, with the ambassadors uh, playing the U.N. staff. Oh, but wow. um, I know, I know. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure who's more fit in that situation, but right. we'll see. Yeah. I'll let you know. All but right. um, but look, this is something that um, U.S. and Europe and most of the world, and you're starting to hear China um, evolve a little bit with U.S. pressure and their own sense of um, of sovereign and territorial integrity that they don't uh, they don't want to be in a position where Russia is with all these sanctions. Right. So they keep saying, look, civilian infrastructure should never be hit. So that's China coming around. And I mean, every uh, time the U.N. can peel off some ally of Russia, they get stronger. And, and well, you know it's got to be bad if China is saying, you know, yeah. this is not okay. So right, that, exactly. that, that's a, a very clear signal there. Well, Pam, yeah, it's, it's really brutal. So a two-day-old baby. I know. I uh, know. Thank it just you. It breaks your heart. It does. Okay. Thank you so, so much, much for Janet. joining us. We really appreciate it. U.S. correspondent Pam Falk with us this morning on uh, the Morning Jam, kind of getting us the latest update on what's going on between Russia and the Ukraine. Uh, seems like we've got a long way to go in that department. I was going to say is... um. I hope none of those uh, ambassadors or workers go through what uh, 
our guy Christian Pulisic went through when they uh, when the U.S. beat Iran. A oh, healthy yeah. contusion. Yeah, which we all know what that meant. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't good. Those photos look pretty darn painful. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on the Morning Jam. Give her five minutes, and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They're located on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg. They are cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day, and they're working hard to keep their prices low so you can keep your food bill in check. Today on Five and Dine, we're going to dress up that ground beef in a really spectacular way by making a meatball Wellington. That's right. You heard me. Uh, You could take ground beef and make something fit for company. No problem at all. Uh, You're going to start with a pound of ground beef. You're going to add in a half a cup of Italian breadcrumbs, one egg, a little bit of salt and pepper, a half a cup of minced onion, three cloves of garlic minced, some fresh parsley chopped and then you're just going to mix that all together until it's fully incorporated then in a large bowl you're going to um, put together your tomato sauce uh, add some fresh basil in and some grated parmesan there when you get ready to make your wellington you're going to create the meatball and then you're going to tuck some mozzarella Inside now, you can. There's a couple of ways you can do it. You can either tuck the mozzarella inside the meatball, or you can make the meatball and then you can sit it on your puff pastry and put shredded mozzarella over the outside of it, whichever one uh, you prefer. But you're going to start by broiling those meatballs. Then you're going to take your your puff pastry, uh, put some of your mozzarella down on the puff pastry, and then you're going to wrap it up and you're going to make beautiful little packets uh, with your meatball and your parmesan then you're going to brush it with a egg mixture bake it in the oven and then you're going to serve it on top of some tomato sauce with some parmesan and basil they are really delicious and you can make them as fancy or as simple as you would like i've got the recipe on our facebook page you can go look it up just go to facebook type in janet's five and dine you'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share brought to you by fnl market where their meats are a cut above before you fire up the coffee maker turn on the morning jam I come from a long line of Southern cooks, and one thing my mama always told me was ingredients matter. That's why I trust the experienced butchers at FNL Market, Lynchburg's only locally and family-owned independent grocery store. Their staff cuts and grinds fresh meats daily and will offer you the personal service you desire for everyday meals or special occasions. This week at FNL Market, save on family pack split chicken breast, $1.49 a pound. Fresh ground beef is $2.98 a pound. Family pack pork ribs are $1.59 a pound. Beef shoulder roasts are $3.98 a pound. And beef shoulder steaks are $4.98 a pound. Sign up to be a VIP Savings Club member. Text FL Market to 833-605-1804. Stop by FNL Market today. 2517 Memorial Avenue, Lynchburg. Their meat is a cut above. You make the toast. We'll bring the jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Snow's coming. 
866-916-3776. There's a lot going on for Christmas this year. Uh, lots of things for you to take in and do. Coming up at the next uh, top of the hour, we're going to have a special guest in, author Dutch Henry, who has written many wonderful children's books. It would be perfect, a perfect gift for uh, a child on your list. And we're going to talk to him about that in just a, a little bit. Well, voters in Lynchburg, let their voices be heard this November. The uh, number of people heading to the polls compared to 2018 more than tripled. In May of 2018, there were 6,411 6, voters. And in November, that number jumped to 23,756, which is a very good thing. Of course, now, probably part of that is because they moved the city council races to actually coincide with the with the other elections, which was a, a good thing. Uh, city council election was different than in previous years because uh, there was also increased candidate spending um, and a lot of people, you know, stepping up, especially on the Republican slate. And it's going to be interesting to see if this is just a one-time thing or if people are going to be out voting more as they as they should be. I, I hope it's going to be the latter because we really do need to be out and voting and, and making sure that our voices are heard. And you can see that it has made a huge difference in Lynchburg. Uh, I don't think anybody thought that things would, would turn out the way they did in uh, the Lynchburg council elections, and yet they were able to get in there and turn it around, which speaks well to their efforts uh, for sure. Yesterday, the Virginia Department of Health announced the state's first reported influenza-associated pediatric death for the 2022-23 flu season. The VDH said sadly that uh, a child in Virginia's southwest region died from complications associated with the flu and to protect the family's privacy they said they didn't want to provide further information. We we did talk with Dr. Harb earlier in the week about, you know, the flu shots this year. Don't be sending me messages about how you're anti-flu shot. If you don't want to get a flu shot, don't get one. I'm just telling you what Dr. Harb said. And what Dr. Harp said was that with the flu that they're seeing, the flu vaccine this year is beneficial. Um, they say uh, the VDH recommends everyone six months and older to get a yearly flu vaccine to practice good preventative health with hand hygiene. Of course, washing your hands regularly with soap and water or using hand sanitizer uh, coughing or sneezing into a tissue or the inside of your elbow rather than your open hand. And then if you're sick, then stay home. Uh, take antivirals as prescribed by your physician. If you become sick with the flu, here's the thing with that, though. You do need to get on those pretty early if you're going to take like a Tamiflu or, or something like that. Because even with a flu shot, you can still feel pretty bad. Uh, Virginia reported one influenza-associated death uh, among children during the 21-22 flu season and the preliminary in-season burden estimates that the influenza has resulted in 6.2 to 14 million illnesses. That seems like a really broad range. So if you want to learn more about influenza, you can visit there. Uh, they do have a page that you can go to and uh, you can check that out there. But do consider 
um, a flu shot. I'm considering one this year just because of uh, what Dr. Parr was saying as much as, as what they're saying. Well, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre has uh, really stepped in it again. Here she is responding to uh, Peter Ducey, who brought up the subject during the White House press briefing, asking her whether Biden would answer House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's invitation to visit the, su- the southern border with him. Here's a little bit from that. And over the whole world, okay. over the summer of hysterical joy. Maybe not. World War One promised us a... Okay. Kevin McCarthy says that he invited President Biden down to the border. How does the president RSVP? (laughs) (laughs) We know know the president's never been down to the border. The possible next speaker says that he wants him to go with him. So is he going to? So, look, uh, he's been there. He's been to the border. uh, And since he took office... When when did he go to the border? Since he took office... Okay, so you'll notice she ignored that. President Biden has been uh, taking action to fix our immigration system and secure our border. And that's why on day one, he put forward an immigration uh, immigration reform, a piece of legislation uh, to deal with uh, what is currently happening at the border. Uh, but, you know, that we're not seeing that from Republicans. We're not seeing a willingness to work with us on, on um, you know, fixing a situation that's been around uh, for decades now. Uh, instead, they're, they're doing um, political stunts. Uh, that's what they want to do. That's how they want to take care of the situation. Uh, but in, in the meantime, you know, the president has secured record levels of funding for the Department of Homeland Security. We have over 23,000 agents working to secure the border. We've taken thousands of smugglers off the streets. That wouldn't have been there had you not done what you've done. And we're co- cutting down an asylum pro- pro- processing uh, times and a number of individuals arriving unlawfully from northern Central America and Venezuela is coming down significantly because of the actions that the president has taken. So, needless to say, that one got her into a little hot water yesterday, or rather a lot of hot water, because the bottom line is President Biden has not been to the border. He hasn't been to the border not one time. And his border czar barely made it near the border. National Review contributor commented, she gets caughts and lies daily. It is absolutely amazing. Another one tweeted, categorically false. He has never stopped at the southern border in his entire career. Oh, that was a, I wonder about that. Has he not been there in his entire career? I knew he hadn't been there since he'd been president. A former California Senate candidate, James Radley, tweeted, Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre, fact check, Joe Biden has not been to the southern border he opened since he has been president washington examiner reporter said the only time biden has conceivably been been to the border was during a very brief 2008 drive-by when he landed at el paso airport and rode in a motorcade to the suburb with the route um with the route there hugging the u.s mexican border for a few scant minutes Daily Caller White House correspondent remarked, uh, Jen Psaki told reporters that the last time Biden was at the border was when he drove by in 2008. Well, evidently, Corrine um, didn't get that message. That wasn't in her little binder. In October of 2021, Ducey questioned uh, 
Psaki on the same subject, and at the time, she referenced Biden's drive past in 2008 and added, but the most important thing everyone should know and understand is that the president has worked on these issues throughout his entire career and is well-versed on every aspect of our immigration system, including the border. That includes when he was vice president. I don't know how they get by with this stuff. Is it any wonder that the word of the year was gaslighting? Because this girl spends all of her time trying to gaslight all of us. It doesn't work, at least not for some of us. Coming up in our next hour, we'll have a a more pleasant story for you as we'll sit down with author Dutch Henry and uh, find out about his new offerings for the holidays. And you're going to enjoy that conversation. So stick around. CBS News is next. Bill Trefiro from the Roanoke News Desk on the way. Listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA FM Greta Danville.